2: Welcome to Mama's Pearls. I'm excited to have you all with us today. And for those of you who are new to the Mama's Pearls show and community, welcome. Glad you're here. I like to say that here at Mama's Pearls, we would like to take the most beautiful pieces of life and string them together. And that means different things for everyone. But at its core, we're all about the family brand and what. Every family has to deal with throughout their lives, and how we can help make that experience better. Now, I am uh, the the creator and writer behind the Mama's Pearl show and blog, and my best friend Melissa is the creator and writer behind M Gems. And the thing about Melissa and I is that we've known each other for over 20 years, and we have a very complimentary yin and yang um, rhythm going, where. I kind of tap into the spiritual side, and I tweak out when I start thinking about like the practical side, and that's where Melissa chimes in because she tweaks out about the spiritual stuff, but she knows and and um, and claims her space when it comes to the practical tools. So we try and provide both. Um, both sides of every story that we that we talk about, and every theme for the week, with Mama's Pearls, the Radio Show, and M's Gem. So, welcome to the Mama's Pearls community. We are we are live on broadcast on Blog Talk Radio, and my um, and both Mama's Pearls blog and the M's Gem's blog can be found at www.mamaspearls.com. You can find us on Twitter at sintweet and. We've had a couple of very exciting things happening here at Mama's Pearls. One is last week I was a featured beauty on um, on Lori Field's website called Real Beauty Is, and Lori really... And real beauty is is really to capture the essence and to help empower women all all around the world. It's not just about external beauty. It's about um, you know delivering the whole package and having confidence. So that was a really great great honor and and flattering for for me and for Mama's Pearls because um, that's really what we what we focus on in the interview. So I welcome you to go on to um, you can either link it through my Facebook link or you can find. The interview at Real Beauty is. And then the other proud thing that I'm a very proud mama about this week is that um, Mama's Pearls was nominated for a most inspiring blog award, blog award by Blog Lux. So, that is just very cool. Basically, they, um, Social Lux Lounge, they do a a yearly awards and review of, um, of different blogs, and we were nominated. So, I'm very excited about that. That's like, it's just, it's just very exciting to know that Mama's Pearls is getting out there, and, and people are um, being inspired, and and hopefully helped, and comforted, and soothed, and supported by all it is that we that we do here. I mean, Melissa and I do it because it's really it's really fun for us, and it's cathartic for me in so many ways to have this show and to write the blog and um, and to really capture what's going on in in my head. My crazy little head here, but, um, and with my family, so to be able to know that it's actually starting to really get out there is just, it's very exciting. So... I would love it for you to vote for Mama's Pearls for most inspiring blog on um, on BlogLux, and you can go to Mama's I have the little icon right on the left, or you can go straight to the SocialLuxLounge.com. Um, okay, enough enough uh, bragging for the week. But you know, being a proud mama, I can't I can't help but brag. Um, we'll talk about my kids later. But last week we had my um, my Dr. Derek Factor on the show, and the show is called "Smile for Daddy," and the pearl of the week was "Fear Be Gone," and I think Melissa really captured it perfectly in M's Gems last week, where she was, where she was. Quoting and um, and recalling the movie uh, Monsters Inc. and in Monsters Inc. it really ca- kind of turned the whole the whole um, idea of fear on its head. That when we're younger we're afraid of monsters and we create this whole imagination um, imaginary play of what the monsters are going to do. And I remember my mom telling me a story of something that me and my cousin did, which was go out in um, at about six in the morning by ourselves to go search for monsters and we got lost and we had to come home in a police car and all that kind of fun stuff so Monsters Inc. really captures that whole adventurous side as well as turning our fears and our foes into friends and our allies and um, she, she brilliantly just laid it out for us about how we can go through and um and really help ourselves as well as our children get through our fears. I used the example last week and this is why I had my dentist on of being in the dentist chair because when I was younger I went to a dentist, a pediatric dentist who I was petrified of and I would not sit still in the dental chair and I was screaming my head off and I was crying and I was miserable my parents didn't know what to do because they had to take me to the dentist and I did not like him. And it wasn't until my mom really was, like, searching high and low for another dentist and found one through a friend of a friend, you know, a friend and a friend of a friend of a friend and asking everybody she knows where I immediately felt calm and safe. And safety and security is probably at the core of whether or not we experience fear or love of something – and, um, and and this man and this dentist, really, he's not practicing anymore. Otherwise, I'd be promoting him left, wide, and center. But this man really just, for the first time, made me feel so comfortable about the entire process, about what to expect, about what he was going to do. He gave some control back to me by introducing me to Mr. Thirsty, who's been my longtime boyfriend, and, um, and showing me what I can do to signal to him if, I was, if something was hurting if I was uncomfortable, if I needed them to stop, which was simply by raising my left hand. And, um, and I've since moved on to an adult dentist, and um, my dentist now, Dr. Derek Factor, came on and was really helping to, um, to illuminate how we can create a more um, experiential and comforting experience for our kids by, one, getting them comfortable, and and I'll have you know I'm taking my kids to the dentist next Tuesday, so I'm really excited about taking, um, yeah, I'm I'm thrilled, but (laughs) about taking these tools and these tips that we've learned from both Dr. Derek Factor and from Melissa to to the dentist's office with my children. And um, the other very exciting thing that, that Derek is doing is he is taking a trip to the Philippines um, with an organization, and I can't remember it right now, which which stinks, but um, with an organization where he's going to see about 50, 50 children and do some, um, some repair soft tissue work with um, children who have had um, – Congenital defects where they are missing some some of their tissue on their mouth, you know it 's not as severe as cleft palate repair, but it is in that vein, so we were really excited to hear that and see how Derek was doing his work as a father to really go care, go out in the world and care for other children. And he was kind of our answer during Father's Month, um, which we're still continuing. It seems like to be like the never-ending month here with with, with celebrating the dads, but that's fine. Um, but it's our compliment during Mama's Pearl's Father Month to – what we did last month with Mother Mother Teresa and we had Jamie Ratvogel on from the organization Birthday Wishes talking about how her and really her family are so involved with um, with throwing birthday parties for homeless children so thank you again derek for coming on mama's pearls last week and helping us get all comfortable in the dentist's office and um, and you can find that show smile for daddy on the archives at blogtalkradio.com and you can also find um, derek at drderekfactor.com. now okay So I might – I'm still feeling like – I'm feeling really kind of giggly and loopy this week, and maybe it's because of talking about the dentist and, you know, coming off my nitrous from last week. But when I I really was, like, thinking about – um, what to do for the grand finale of Father's Month, the never-ending month. You guys had five five weeks. Mothers only had um, four weeks last month, but that's okay. Um, I really wanted to do something a little bit fun. And originally I was going to have um, somebody else on the show whose birthday it is today. Happy birthday, Stephen. But he's actually working on a really interesting project. So I want to bring him back when his project is a little bit more ready to Put out to the world, and so when I switched gears, I came across somebody through my friend Lisa Schneiderman, who I talked about on the show before. She's kind of like my West Coast sister. She's an entertainment publicist for over 16 years, and she's doing wonderful work and is launching a nonprofit organization called Revolution Yes. And um, and she actually did produce a little short segment um a, a video segment about the project and um and what she wants to do to take it to a um Make it happen as a TV show, which can be found on YouTube or through her link at revolutionyes.org, and um, and she introduced me to this man, L.J. Martin. And the second I went on his website, I just automatically started smiling, and I thought this is perfect. There's there's no better way to celebrate fathers than really having. Um, somebody come in who's a storyteller and an artist and a musician and a poet, so we can really have have some fun and go out with a grand finale. Um, now, it's not going to be – It's. I mean, it is going to be all fun, but, you know, of course, I don't I don't have just simple one-dimensional guests here on Mama's Pearls. I really pride myself on finding and finding and talking to people and, and and people who represent different organizations that are multifaceted and multi-layered. And when I start, started to dig into who who LJ Martin was, that's exactly what I found and I am really happy to welcome him on to Mama's Pearls and to give you a little bit of background. He is, um, he is an elder gentleman. He has five kids of his own, and he has five grand- grandchildren. He's a grassroots American of African ancestry and was born in Macomb, Mississippi, where he grew up and was witness to and caught up in the social and racial turmoil that consumed America during the civil rights movement of the 50s and 60s. So you may remember when I had Cynthia on a while back and she was talking about her I think great great grandmother Jenkins who was part of the women's suffrage movement with Susan B Anthony. Well, okay folks, our guest today actually lived through or really and um, was witness to a lot of events that really shaped the culture of the civil rights movement and, um, and the racial, I will say, the roads that led us to racial harmony, even though it's still a little disharmonious. But we're going to focus on the positive today. Um, as our theme of the week is rhyme time. And the pearl of the day is in harmony we shine. So we're going to focus on all of the, the happy chords that keep us that keep us happy. And L.J. Martin, during his formative year, he was very much influenced by Medgar Evans, Dr. Luth- Luther Do- oh God, I can't believe I messed that up but Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. and Malcolm X, all of whom he did meet and referred to as the three Ms, proclaiming, "Medgar made me aware." Martin spiritualized me, and Malcolm made me a man. So he has since gone on and evolved his writing and oratory skills skills from expressing anger at the demoral, demoralization subjugation of his race to his poignant dream of helping to shape an inclusive world over the years he's traveled around including the march on washington eventually to california where he lives now and continues his journey of committed involvement and shares his original messages with people of all ages races and faiths about the importance of respecting accepting and embracing the global community he has created different teaching schools, and I'm going to go on and on and on about him, but mainly he's, his, um, his, his performance persona is known as Uncle Jake, and he goes around to different schools of kids you know, and bringing his message and poetry and music, which really contain uplifting stories of inspiration to kids around the world, whether they be at libraries, at schools, at camps, or hospitals. So I am very, very honored and happy to welcome Uncle Jake, Mr. L.J. Martin himself, to Mama's Pearls. Hello.
1: Good morning. Good morning, Cynthia, and thank you so much. And good morning to all of the beautiful people who are locked in and tuned in to Mama's Pearls. I am so spirited up to, to be part of this moment. Thank you.
2: Oh, thank you so much for, for being here with us today. And, um, and can you tell me a little bit more about your background? And first of all, do you want me to call you L.J. or Uncle Jake?
1: L.J. is good. Uncle Jake, when it's, uh, you know, I do uh, Uncle Jake, I do for kids. Actually, I do Uncle Jake for kids from age 5 to 105.
3: So uh, from what I
1: call belching to burping age. So it's, it's for everyone, hopefully for the kid and all of us. But I do have programs for middle and uh, upper level and uh, for people of all ages and stages of their journey that I do as L.J. Martin. So it's just a combination of – but basically the message is the same. It's just that if it's to a K, then I say a few words differently, but if it's to someone else. But it's basically about – feeling good about yourself, knowing that you are the one person in this world who can make your dreams and your journey meaningful. And, and so it's, it's all intended to spirit up and make people feel good about themselves.
2: Okay. Before we dive into how we translate that into music and your current mm-hmm. programs, I want to take you back into the time when there was social turmoil. And what was your experience and impressions of that time?
1: Well, I grew up in Mississippi, and uh, Mississippi was probably the one state in the United States that stood out in terms of the, the racial uh, division and the extreme divisions of division. You know, it was, everything was just black and white. And mm-hmm. if you knew your place, then you got along okay, and your place meant that you didn't look in the eyes of a white person. You didn't walk on the same sidewalk as a white person. You you had to know that in order to, quote, get along. And uh, when I was about 15 years old, my father took me to see a man named Medgar Evers who uh, was trying to bring an awareness to people who had been subjugated for so long and who had still been basically in a slave mentality. And he was trying to get uh, the grown-ups to register and vote and to get involved in the process of becoming Americans. And I heard this speak. And um, three months after I heard him speak, he was assassinated. And I Mm -hmm. told my dad I wanted to go to his funeral. And I caught the bus and went uh, 90 miles to to his funeral. And um, after the funeral, there was this surge of people. It was about 5,000 people who attended the funeral. We all were going downtown to demonstrate our anger and our frustration. And uh, the closer we got to the uh, to city hall, or the Capitol building, if you will, there I could see this row of machine guns up on this bridge, and I could see the fire hoses, and I could, see, I could hear the dogs, and I could hear the, the bullhorns, and I could see reporters being kicked and their cameras being stomped. And then I heard the, the, the demand that we should stop, otherwise they would do something that would make us stop. When I was 15 years old, I was by myself, and I was caught up in it, and I was scared. I was petrified, and I, um, I lost complete control of my bodily functions, if you will, and when I looked around, basically, I was by myself, and it, was, it had gotten dark at that moment. I was in the city. I'd never been in a big city in my life before, and uh, I didn't know where I was. I had caught the bus to come. I was all alone. And out of this chaos, out of this confusion, out of all this hatred that had been exhibited that day, this white man comes up, and he asks me, where was I going? And I said, well, I'm trying to get home. He said, were you here for Mr. Everett's funeral? I said, yes. He said, where are you from? So I told him I was from Macomb. He said, that's 90 miles away from here. I said, yes, sir. He said, well, you get in this car. I'm taking you home. We didn't have a phone, so we could I couldn't call my mom and dad, so... I didn't even hesitate. Out of all that chaos, I knew that this man somehow was going to get me home. And he took me all the way to my home. And he told me he was proud of me. (laughs) And when he got to our door and he knocked on the door, my mom and dad came out. And I think my mom fainted um, and told them that uh, I was quite a young man. And that started my journey. Uh, Of course, there was a lot of rage, a lot of hatred, a lot of uh, confusion and frustration but that was the moment that things start to to turn. And that is also where I had met Dr. King. I had met Doctor King at the funeral and he had asked me. Uh, you know, he was say, yeah, I'm proud to see so many young people here today and there will be a lot more of this, but we need people we need the young people to get involved. So that is where I met him and all of these things had an impact on me and continue to have an impact on my journey. Um and his teachings and Malcolm's ex-teachings, and, and Medgar Evers is sort of waking me up. It had a lot to do with uh, my writing, my music, my hopefully building of bridges to try and make this world a better place.
2: It's an incredible, incredible story. And it's, um, it's a real eye-opener for people, I think, to go back to that, that space in time where yeah. there was such a disc- a disconnect, and a real division and segregation, and to see how one person's drive, and then I love the bit about, you know, where your father encouraged you and and this man drove you back, and really, you know, that's truly what I see as like the father masculine energy, is that that guiding hand and then having that wisdom spoken to you by dr king is just um you know you've obviously never forgotten it and those are what the the real core roles of the father i see is is about ingraining and instilling virtues um in into our into all of our children and so this this moment in time for you where all of this craziness was going on and you know mississippi was just like you know the most (laughs) <laughs> the most um, racial. It's like it was like on steroids. What you're yeah, saying, it. and from and, and from um, from what I what I what I just read in in my history about it. Mm-hmm. But you know, to you were obviously put there to have that experience um for a reason and so i'm curious about how you you took that because again you were 15 at the time you know Mm -hmm. processing all of this out about one why people look at me different two why why the reality from your perspective to to go back to what um what jeffrey gitterman was saying on our show the other week and um from your perspective your reality was so so mired in what could have turned you into a, a really raging beast, yeah. and what I've seen from your work, you know, I'm sure you've probably taken some some dark turns down your road, but you've really come way out on the other side of the light. So, what got you really from <clears throat> from from you know to that point?
1: Well, I think uh, one of the things was having listened to Dr. King, and uh, also having uh traveled a bit uh even in my youth i I was curious about uh, quote crossing the street and going into and playing in someone else's park and uh, my mother always told me to to that education was sort of the way to to enlightenment <clears throat> excuse me and that um uh, that we were as good as anyone and in and in in some cases we even better we were even better but we had to overcome the fear. Of that, and we had to sort of put aside that rage and that emotional trauma that was so, so, you know, just it had weaved its way throughout the core of my being. But I started to look at people, and I started to remember the gentleman who brought me, um, who brought me home, and I also remember another gentleman in Macomb who had told my mom, "Yes, your son will be going to school with my son next year." course that didn't happen but there were people in macomb who wanted this to come together so that we could live and we could get along as americans and um i remember a lot of the freedom riders who came down these were very important people very wealthy people from the north who came and they actually slept in our home and they just let us know that they were there to remind us that we too were part of this weave and we were part of this fabric and we demanded we deserve the right to pursue those dreams because uh, according to the Constitution and, and all of the wonderful things that went into the building of this nation, we were part of it because we were all created equal. And so that had a lot to do with it. But I did go through that moment where I, I, I wrote ugly. I wrote what I was feeling, which mm-hmm. evolved to writing what I came to feel when I realized that I was being consumed by this this rage and i realized that there is in all of us there is that beauty in all of us there is that hidden well that wants to it wants to give it wants to receive and i started to little by little write things that reflected that and then i started to write songs that reflected that and then i started to believe that we can we just have to try and it's not going to be easy and it still isn't easy but I was a warrior at one time and I'm still a warrior but now I'm a warrior to build bridges I'm a warrior to 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 hopefully make this world one inclusive uh, community and that's that's part of what I'm supposed to do with my journey <clears throat> excuse
2: me no, it's okay. So when um, when did you start writing? Was it just all throughout the process of? Um, was that always your way of, of journaling and just expressing yourself? even from like, even from when you were a young man, or is this something that you yeah. picked up later in your life?
1: It was always part of my journey. I they had radio shows in those days, and I remember writing a show for one of the shows or something. And they say, "You keep writing. You're not quite there yet, but you just keep writing." So it's always <laughs> been <laughs> part of. <it. laughs> I, I forget the show, but I wrote a story about it, you know, and uh, they said, wow, and I, it was written in hand because we couldn't afford a typewriter. So anyway, right. I wrote it, and I submitted it, and they said, wow, that was pretty good. <laughs> you know, but I, it's always been something that I, I wanted to do and uh, look at some of the things I wrote earlier in my journey. I used to always date my writing, and I would say the sun was setting, and a cloud was shimmering through it, and a bird chirped, and then I closed out the, that, that particular part of my you know, that writing. I would always say what I was observing as I concluded whatever I had written about. So that was part of my signature, I guess.
2: Right, you know, I always feel that it's so important, and I talk about this in in um, this week's blog is how as how important the role of entertainment is in our children's lives, both from the experiential side as well as from the creation side mm-hmm. and um, you know there is something about being an artist as yourself that that just has this passion and drive and need to communicate. Through through your music and through your writing and through in, you know for other people through different um, methods of the arts and it, it strikes on such a core nerve for children where there is such freedom in that experience of whether it's dancing I mean we have we have like almost nightly dance parties in our house mm-hmm. where our kids boogie and we turn you know crank up the music and it's right. just so fun. To watch them, but there is such a freedom of expression that happens through the arts that is so crucial um, and I think everyone has a little bit of an artist in them somewhere, whether it 's through writing or music or this and that, or even if it 's just on the on the patron audience side and um, You know, music is kind of a common language for us all, and entertainment is a common medium for us all to have a connection and to fully express like our human experiences. Which is why I really love my my niche genre of spiritual entertainment, and is why I'm so focused on it. Is because Mm -hmm. that's the level that I want to connect with people through. And um, you know, when I was writing this week and thinking about you and thinking about your journey, I just kept hearing and seeing and, and imaging, um, you know, so many of the images I remember, um, you know, through the civil rights movements that we'll never forget, you know, Kent State and just, mm-hmm. you know, all all through, you know, Vietnam or whatever, I mean, just throughout history and, um, and also the music of each generation, um, you know, what would the 60s be without Woodstock and, oh. um, and you know, the and beforehand the Beatles and the seventies and just, you know, each each decade has its um its really its own tune. So to speak, its own sound, its own rhythm. You know, there was Motown, there was disco, there was the um, '80s. <laughs> <Just>, you know, <laughs> and the rise of Michael Jackson, right. and um, you know, and the the birthing of Madonna, and going going on and on. And um, and when you're really on the side of creating that music, it's just you know, to me, it's just the the one of the coolest things. But um, But having that experience and, you know, each generation kind of has their claim on that their generation was the best of their entertainment. But what I see you doing is really talking through the generations, through your poetry, and through the music where you're really creating timeless pieces and really starting to – um, speak a different language to children through your music about the world and about um, having a positive presence and impact on the world.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. It, uh, I, as you were speaking, I was remembering uh, my, how I, a lot of what I do evolved to children. And I was the fifth of 11 children. Oh, yeah. And uh, every year my mom <laughs> used to, you know, get pregnant. Uh, oh I got a little God. testy about that. <laughs> so uh because I had to do the little babysitting and all that stuff. But right. I it was it was interesting because in doing that I started to sort of bond and, and and I got all excited about seeing what I call original first because children when they you know, when they're doing things they never repeat it. It's a first time thing and then they move on and experience and try something else. Because it's a going and it's just growing, it's a getting to know things, you know, and and that's when you hear no, 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 and don't do that, and don't do that. That all those are the, the, the learning years. And so I, I started to put down little things as I was observing this. And then when I had my own children, I really got involved. And I would always be, you know, the, the Santa Claus. I would be, I would be the witch. I would be anything just to get in, get some giggly giggles from the children. And I would go to the schools, and I would, and I said, wow, this is kind of fun. So I started writing. About children, and I started finding that they were the most honest audiences Mm -hmm. that you could ever find, you know, because Mm -hmm. one time I had had gone in to to do something about Frederick Douglass, and then I came back and the kid said, you're not Frederick Douglass, you're Mr. Martin. I said, oh, okay. I said, but I'm just playing or I'm doing something that he did. And then he said, well, don't call yourself Frederick Douglass. (laughs) Say that you're doing something that Frederick Douglass did. I said, okay. But kids are like that, and you, you can't fool them. You can't play with them. You have to come from the heart and soul with them because right. they are so precious. They are the continuation of our dreams, and hopefully they will also bring forth their own dreams and take this world a better place. So you have to be so careful with what you say and do to children because they are, they are just they're very special, and they only remain children for a moment.
2: Right. I mean, any of us – we try and tap into our inner child at, all the time and to reclaim that innocence mm-hmm. and that and that youth and try to remember what it 's like to be so so pure and unjaded and uncynical and you know where your mind just keeps going and going and going and turns off all just um all you know, notions of just being present in the moment mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. um and that's the one the one true beauty I see, especially with my kids is that they are so present and open and they don't have yet developed their their filters so they really do take everything everything in they're such sponges so when you can expose them to some really positive entertainment or you know anything Mm -hmm. positive obviously you know you can't can't um lock them away in a palace like the buddha um but to really open them them up to this world that there is very positive um, positive messages out there that's going right. to be right. consistently reinforced for them, I think it's just a beautiful thing. Now, I, I see um, Melissa is on on the line, so I just wanted to bring her in for a minute mm-hmm. and just introduce, introduce you. Melissa, you there?
0: I'm here. Hello, darling. Hey. Hi, how are you? I'm
2: good, and I'm um, happy to introduce you to LJ. Yes. Hi,
0: LJ. How are you? Good
1: morning, Melissa. How are you?
0: Good. I'm very good. Enjoying to hear about uh, your life story. Um, Thank you. So compelling and interesting, you know. Um, So uh, I'm trying to think. I'm just just thinking about music and songs, and I was just thinking as we're talking about this how much I love, my daughter loves watching these shows like So You Think You Can Dance, and I think it's because she is watching not just people dance, but she's seeing the emotion behind it. She sees mm-hmm. the story behind each number. And so even based on songs and just dance, she's getting so much more out of it than just watching, you know, these kids dance on stage as a competition. So I love, I, I DVR them and I let them, you know her watch these reality shows. Right. Cause, um, she's She's learning how people work very hard to tell these stories too. And so... It's amazing.
1: It's, yeah, it's it really is, and we we you know like I say, I'm writing a little thing about uh, children. Well, it's basically about watching my my last two grow up and change, and uh, it's amazing how without realizing it, they do. And then all at once, you know, I'm looking up at my son now. He's 17, but he's 6'4". So I'm going, I was hugging him the other day, and I was looking right at his neck. And I went, uh-oh.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: he slipped on past I, me. But he, that's
2: your baby. <laughs> <laughs> you know,
1: and they dare to be, But I told him, I said, you will always be my baby. I said, you know, you, you will always. And that, that's just another way for me to say I love you.
0: Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it's, but, well, it's funny because I'm a I'm a, I'm a mom myself, and I still uh, my sister and I were talking the other night, and my mom was wrong about something. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna call her and tell her because there's nothing like, you know, I'm still a kid at heart where I can be like, mom, you were wrong, I was right.
3: <laughs>
0: and it's that same gratification you get even as an adult, even though I'm allowed to be to know stuff now. Um, I still enjoy telling her when I was right. <laughs> uh,
2: um, the, the the beautiful thing about entertainment is that we can actually capture that moment. So right now we have proof that your mom was wrong, and it's captured and could be going on forever. Um, and but it's it's been throughout time, even before modern technology. In in the good old days, there was still this this almost dire need for entertainment. Melissa, you're a little staticky.
0: Oh, am I? Yeah, you're a little staticky.
2: Um, I'm going to hang up,
0: and you can just click me back in. I'll call back in. Okay. Okay, thanks.
2: Um, but um, there was always this need for entertainment. I mean, you read throughout history that there was musicians around, you know even in ancient Roman time and in ancient mm-hmm. Greek times. And we can take it even back to the, the Greek god Apollo, which was right. um, one of my one of my um, initial inspirations for for this week's show of being the, the god of poetry and music and the arts. And um, And here's what Plato has to say about music, he said, "Music is a moral law. It gives soul to the universe, wings to the mind, flight to the imagination, a charm to sadness, gaiety and life to everything. It is the essence of order and lends to all that is good, just, and beautiful." Wow. And that was Plato. That was awesome. Isn't that awesome? Wow. So I, I want to play. Right, I love that, and
0: it's just it just shows
2: that you know music will continue to go on, and entertainment will be continue to evolve and go on throughout time um, and and it's when we're getting to a space where there's such an an over abundance of. Of choices with respect mm-hmm. to what is out there And when we find a little, a little, a little gem and a little pearl mm-hmm. like, um, like our poetic inspirator L.J. Martin, <laughs> It is important to, to share that with the world So I'm going to play a little bit of a snippet You want to tell us a little bit about Smiley Smile I'm going to play a snippet now And then I'll play the full song at the end of the show okay. But you want to give us a little bit lead into um, Smiley Smile
1: well, I, you know, I, I did some research, and I found that there were 6.2 billion people on the planet, and I found that 99.99% of these people are swooped down on by frowny frowners. And I said, we got to do something
3: about <laughs> that.
1: So, so I came up with a smiley smile. And I said, well, so the kids go down, what are you talking about? I, a smiley smile. I said, well, <laughs> a smiley smile is different than a regular smile. They said, what do you mean? I said, well, a smiley smile starts down in your toes. And then it grows, and then it flows, and it makes the whole world glow. And then we kick all the frowny frowners to the curb.
3: Maybe
2: even turn <laughs> them into smiley
1: smilers. So that's, right. That's.
2: That, that's, that's, that's the real beauty of art is when you can take a frowny frown and turn it upside down right. into a smiley smile. <laughs> we want to do
1: it. We want to do it globally, too.
2: Absolutely. All right, so I'm going to play a little snippet oh, of it you. now.
1: Okay.
2: okay, and then we will um, play the full thing in a minute, so hang on.
3: Smiley smile time. What's a Well, it starts down in you.
2: So that was just a snippet, and it's so upbeat, and i just I just love it. I just find myself like completely bopping from side to side, and I played it for my my kids the other day, and they you know they their heads just started to like nod, you know, and it's just um there's something about music that does just move you 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 know you almost don't have any control about it, and it's like. Why do we go through, like, every celebration, major celebration and party in our life, and there has to be a band or some form of music? Oh, yeah. You know, it's just, it's just, we need it. <laughs> we need music, it. Melissa, music, you...
1: Yeah, it's yeah. the great communicator. It's, it's, uh, it's the great connector. It, it transcends culture, race, gender, age, yeah. everything. It just brings us all in and, and dares us not to listen.
2: Yes. Melissa, you back on with us now? I'm here, am I clear? Okay. Oh, you sound much better? Yes, you sound much better. thank you so yeah, and i I think that um there's something that like you know, as you said it it just like transcends time, and it to me, entertainment like really brings other worlds to life and often says what we like can't say through mm-hmm. the sounds of music mm-hmm. and through. Through different chords, um, you know. Can you imagine John Lennon's song? Imagine any other way or in any other time than when when it came out. Yeah, correct, can you imagine somebody giving the speech? Imagine and just reading it rather than him performing it. And right. what even that song has done for generations after him. Right. Um, you know, there's just something that's so poignant about about music and about art and it's like you don't really a lot of times you can't it takes you out of your head um, and just into your being, you know I believe mm-hmm. that you know, each each cell in your body like stores different memories and 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 operates on a different you know on certain vibrations, and like certain music really taps into that, and that's when, when you know like it says, it starts through your feet and, and it grows and it grows and it grows. Mm-hmm. and that is the experience of of music and of, and of art and just hits a, you know, a different sense, so to speak. Wow. So tell me more about your different your different programs.
1: Well, the the program for children, uh, if you will, uh, is you know it's comprised of of songs of all genres. Uh, uh, I have a song called "I Like Myself," which I think is early on to 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 get children to feel good about themselves, to get to know themselves, and to and to come to believe that they are really, 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 really. Unique and original. In fact, I have a little little poetic thing I say to them. I say, you know what? You may look like your mother, your dad, your sister, or your brother. And you may even act somewhat like them, too. But as you go and as you grow, you're going to come to know there is no one in this world quite like you. You are an mm. original, original. And don't you dare let yourself down. Little stuff like that, that <clears throat> to get them aware of the beauty and the importance of their journey and the sooner they can tune in. So I like myself. It's a little little, little fun, jumpy thing. It says, I like myself. I like myself from my head down to my toes. I like the way I giggle. I like my shiny nose. I like myself. I like myself. I like the skin I'm in. I like myself so very much. I'm also my best friend, and stuff like that.
2: I love it. Go on.
1: (laughs) 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 Baby. We want to <laughs> let them know they are, they are so precious, and uh, we need to do all we can, and uh, we need we need to do everything expected, and I mean everything required, and more than is expected, to help them to help facilitate a progressive r- right, of pr- you know passage for them, because they are the continuation, and uh, to 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 them the torch will be passed, and I believe very much so that they will find a way to make this world a better place, and it, because of people like yourself and other people who. Dare to bring what they've been given to the table and share it, and we've all been given something worthy of sharing. And then when it's when it's given to children, then it really is special.
2: Do you almost see like um by through healing the the children that that is how we start kind of like through our feet and then bringing it up, bringing it up through the ages?
1: Yes, it starts. So that, with that
2: that that's that's my sense of what yeah. I'm getting from from your work is that. Yeah through the expansion and illumination of our children that we then will almost heal the adults.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is exactly, that's the way it comes to me. And it it just, it makes, it just makes me comfortable. It makes me complete to know that some kind of way we are reaching to, into the branches of the tree, you know, and that tree will grow, that those branches will become. And, and, and these, and it's such a fleeting moment, you know. And, you know, children can't wait to grow up. I know I couldn't, and then I'm. I, one day I said, you know what, I wish I would have waited, but it was too late. <laughs> <laughs> it was too late, so here comes the journey. You know, ready or not, here it comes, and we want them to be ready, and we want them to make this world a global community, and uh, that's that's what is happening, and the more you know, and the more you know that you know and the more you apply that knowledge, then the less you have fear and the less you have that hesitation. The, but it, 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 it involves getting involved. I mean, it, it involves that you communicate, that you, that you listen, because when you listen, you learn, and when you learn, you grow, and then you find out things that you never did know. So you've got to listen. You've got to listen, and then you will learn, and then you will go, and then you will grow. But it's a process, you know. It it takes time. um, But the children, they... uh, I wrote a song about 28 years ago, and it's called We Are The Children, and actually recorded it in what I call the garage of my home. And I released it to about 10 radio stations. And that song has played for 27 continuous years because, you know, I get a little statement from BMI every year about it. And uh, basically, uh, it says... You know, I think if children had a moment to say something to the world other than they want to go to Disneyland, I think they would say, we are the future of all mankind, and we are the fire that make the stars shine. And we are part of all of you, and we are guided by what you say, but more importantly, by what you do. We are the children. Please, listen to our song. We are the children, and we know that we belong. We are the flowers in the trees. We are the strong yet gentle breeze. We're the dreamers of things to come, and we won't stop until we get things done. We're the children. So won't you take the time to see the kind of place this world could be with understanding, respect, and peace. For the children, for the children, let war, let hatred cease. We are the children. And that's the song, that's part of the song that I wrote. And I want it to become the international anthem for children. I want it to become their own song that they will sing at kids' gatherings and wherever children are, and hopefully they are all over the universe. And I've also fashioned their own flag, which I want it to be flown in the middle of all the flags at the United Nations and at UNICEF. It is their flag. It doesn't belong to any nation. It belongs to the children. And that's what we've been given. Cynthia,
0: do we lose Cynthia? Are
1: we here? <laughs> no, I was I was just talking about the children and. Um...
0: Yes. No. This is. Um. I. I mean. I. Where can we find that song as a recording? Is there a place on um the internet that we can find it?
1: What we're the children? Yes. It's not, it's, it's, I have it as an MP3, I don't have it on uh, BMI, it it does play at radio stations because I get a statement, but it's, it, like I say, it was done, I want to redo it, I want to bring it back and, uh, and have it, you know, become the international anthem for children. Right.
0: I I think children do need a national anthem and I love that vision because, um, you know, it's kind of like kids have rights
1: too.
0: Mhm. Um, they need and, their own flag too. And you just as children need to listen, we need to listen to the children. And yeah. uh if that if there's one gem I've offered over um each, no matter what topic we touch upon, there's always that gem that listen to your children. Mhm. You know? And and, and Because they're listen-
1: so honest, you know, they, they they dare to say what comes through their growing and developing mind. They haven't right. been pampered and tempered and, and told, you can't say this, you can't say that. They just naturally say what comes through them. And that is that can be so uplifting and inspiring to all of us.
0: And also of we, sometimes we, we sometimes assume what they're mm-hmm. thinking or believing, and sometimes they can shock us because when you really ask them, you know, what are you thinking or what is the problem, mm-hmm. find that they have a completely different perspective. Oh, they, yeah.
3: oh
1: yeah.
0: Just because their set of eyes are... A couple of feet lower to the ground than ours are doesn't mean they don't see higher than we do sometimes.
1: No, they. But um, we can learn a lot from them.
0: We definitely can. Um, so, where do you perform most? I mean, do you do you find do you perform um, often?
1: I don't as often as I would like to because basically I, I go into schools, I go to libraries, I go to uh, churches, synagogues, wherever their children or wherever, you know, and some churches will even allow me what they call story time, where I go in and I tell stories to, to the congregation and to the few children who may be there. But, um, and I go to, uh, you know, daycare centers or wherever. I, I really want to have my own Uncle Jake TV show. There, You know, it's, it's, it's story time for Uncle Jake. I, I, yeah. I, would, I would like that more than anything else because there are a lot of stories and songs, and and I just <clears throat> I just love sitting down and looking at, not looking down but looking right into the eyes of what I call the future. And,
3: and uh,
0: you were saying how you learned a lot as an adult, um, and you learn lessons and you're more experienced. I know that you're a grandfather as well, correct?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So – what are you doing My grandkids are on
1: the song there they're singing the song they'
0: they so what are their ages are they young or are they they're nine, kinda...
1: they're nine and seven okay the, the grandchildren that's... yeah well they're yeah they they they're, they're relatively young, but two of them uh uh Joshua and joseph uh nine and seven they they wanted to do the background on the, a smiley smile
0: oh, that's awesome, yeah. but, but that's I'm sure <laughs> your approach to raising them quote unquote, you know obviously but you know you do you raise your children and then you always look back and say you know I wish I would have done this more or done mm-hmm. this better you know what is it uh, that you find yourself doing with those grandchildren that you know you're doing it better the second time around
1: spending more time with them and and taking yeah. them to places where they can also not only be amused and, and 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 humored but also can retain something that will help to set some guidelines for their character and uh and their, their their outlook on life, and getting them involved in in, in different areas of the city and different cultural venues, uh, just wanting them to become complete in their observation of, of the journey. And to do that, they have to be exposed. So just getting them involved in, you know, in, in different programs that uh, I didn't do as much with my own. they were too brought up that way. But uh, I think with the grandchildren, you really Go, okay, I got a second chance here. <laughs> well,
3: yeah. And I, and and I, I can be
1: selective, too. See, you know, you can be selective about how you want to spend that three or four or five or six hours with them, you know, on the weekend or, or in the middle of the week or whenever there's something special that you feel it will, in some kind of way, energize them and make their little eyes perk and their little ears open and their little hearts become receptive to what is going on. So, I
2: yeah.
0: hear you. I know. I, I definitely, it's funny to watch. Um, my mom with my children, because mm-hmm. I'm like that's that's not what went down when I was a kid right. Mom. <laughs> but but that's okay, that's the best part of having grandparents around, so Cynthia, are you back with us?
2: Yes, I'm back i I didn't know if I dropped off or if you guys dropped off, so I was like talking into a void for five minutes, but um, but I see you guys were continuing on, so thank you thank okay. you yes. we
0: <laughs> we were having a great time we were talking about the differences you know we were talking about how. You know, as a grandparent you get to do it all over again and you get to do it even better and so we were talking about what what he what um LJ does differently with the grandchildren that he wasn't wasn't able or didn't know to do better with his children and i think he's not alone i think this is something even my i was saying how my mom does things that I'm like hey you didn't do that with me when I was a kid right.
2: yeah they, they seem to be much better um, even parents when they're grandparents and I definitely <laughs> want right. to have like right. I think I'm definitely right I want to I definitely have like a whole show that's just on the role of the grandparents I mean mm-hmm. maybe we will have a grandparents month but um, most grandparents that I speak to including my parents say they enjoy being grandparents more than they enjoy being parents which i take personal offense to as their child but but um but like i get what they're what they're coming where they're coming from with seeing that that joy and they all say it has something to do with the continu the continuation of their line um and also the fact that they're you know they don't have the the day-to-day <laughs> the day-to-day quote drain um on on their own beings um but, yeah, we'll definitely have a grandparent show and and being that l j has um has uh what five grandchildren and counting mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, I mean that's just wonderful so what what I was rambling about into the void was um was your role and how because we're kind of closing out the substantive portion of Mom's pearls was how um how you're basically how you're basically described and Lisa's described this and I think it's really perfect as a cross between Dr. Martin Luther King and Doctor Seuss.
1: I I was so honored. I was so that was such a wonderful observation from her to say that and and I think because I do a lot of work, uh I do his dream speech at uh, different programs. I've written a poem called Salute to a King uh, which is dedicated to him. And uh, I, I think a lot of what he shared is sort of weaved its way into my soul. Uh, and Dr. Seuss, of course, is because I, I am very poetic and I'm very, very rhythmic with, with with my presentations to children. And um, I think children also keep us young. They keep us what I call here and now and in the moment. And that's mm-hmm. why as an elderly, elderly gentleman, I am seriously here and now. I can go with, the, I can get, I can bring it so it uh, it's because of the children it's because of the grandchildren and all the children that I try to stay in tune and, and, and connected with and and, and I always keep my ears and, and my high eyes and my heart and soul open to listen to what they're saying what they're doing it's because I want to learn so that I can then take the wisdom that I've gathered over the years and share it back at them with something I've learned from them um, so Right,
2: they're, they're great material
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. oh they're, <laughs> they're originals <laughs>
2: Yeah, they are. I mean, when I when I like this week, I was spending a lot of time with my family and doing family bar- barbecues, and I was like, this is my this is my breeding ground for material. Exactly. Um, exactly. But even more so, you know, watching the children. You know, I I. I when I go to birthday parties and you see a room full of, like, screaming happy children, I always take a look at the adults and see if there's any adult that looks miserable because how can you really be be or feel miserable when you're in a room with screaming happy kids? Thank
1: you. Thank you. You know, you know it's you just, interesting, yeah. uh, uh, Cynthia. I was in the supermarket the other day, and this little baby was just, you know, crying. And and this guy just kept looking, and, and I'm going, I'm getting upset the way he's looking at this child, you know, crying. Because when – Kids cry, there's a reason for it. So I just walked up to him. I said, aren't you glad you were never a child?
2: Right. Yeah. <laughs> we, we so <laughs> soon forget, right? Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Um, and you've also been called and, and you label yourself as a poetic inspirator. Um, I think we've learned through the course of the show what that means, um, but essentially it is it is what you do. You inspire mm-hmm. through music, through poetry, and, um, and and speak to speak to that inner child and that core. That mm-hmm. core. The core of hope and what is good in all of us, and what really connects us. So I'm I'm really happy to have met you. I'm really happy to have had this opportunity to to share and introduce you and your work to the girls. And Thank you. I would like you to just take a moment and tell people where they can can find you, and also where they can find your music.
1: Okay, I'm <clears throat> the uh, Smiley Smiley song, of course, is on iTunes, and uh, my website is the Poetic P O E T I C I N S P I R A T O R, the Poetic and my uh, my email address would be Uncle Jake and then the number four kids, Uncle Jake for Kids at Verizon and um, I just, as you were speaking of the, the poetic, I have a program for upper and middle schools called "You Got to Get Out There," and it's a four stanza poetic fusion about the reality of uh, a reality reminder of what you need to do before you can do what you want to do. And education should be at the core of it. But the bottom line is you got to get out there, and um, and that's that's been going on, and uh, it's been adopted by a few of the schools here in Southern California. And I want to get it into every school in this country. Um, it's a motivational uh, seminar, but it's also a four, four stanza poem that uh, we want to give to each graduate as they get ready to take that, that step across the street after they leave high school.
2: That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that is going to close out our substantive portion. And again, thank you so much for thank being you. with us. You. Um, you're not quite done, you're not quite done yet because I always end ends the show with my come tell mama questions, and then I'm going to um, I'm going to play out the full smiley smile. Of Smiley song instead of my instead of the Mama's Pearl theme song to close out the show. Oh, so um, and again, I'm just going to remind our viewers. I'm also going to post a link on Mama's Pearls.com to um, Uncle Jake and his work, um, and also hopefully to the Smiley is Smiley smile a song as long as I can figure all the technical stuff mm-hmm. out. Um, and also, again, to remind people to vote for Mama's Pearls as the most inspiring blog um, at Social Lux. And again, you can find that button on the left left-hand side of MamasPearls.com, or you can go directly to www.SocialLuxLounge.com, and I, we really appreciate it here. Um, we're going to be looking out for MGM's takeaways this week for, for Rhyme Time and see how we can all stay in harmony. Melissa, any anything come directly to mind that you want to share?
0: Uh, not yet. You have to tune in. You have to go onto MamasPearls.com
2: and listen to <laughs> Melissa's going to have to listen to some music and get inspired. <laughs> um, and um, and again, you can find um, you can find Mamas Pearls at www.mamaspearls.com. You can email me at Cynthia at MamasPearls.com. You can email Melissa at Melissa at MamasPearls.com. We can be found at SinTweet which is on Twitter, and you can listen to any of the show archives here at Blog Talk Radio. Okay, so getting into our Come Tell Mama segment. All right, so tell me, LJ, what is your luxury indulgence?
1: My luxury indulgence? Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> mm-hmm. You spend so much time
2: uh, well, healing the world well, I like, and I, through I, your song. What do you do for yourself?
1: I like to cook.
2: Hmm. I like yeah, I you. like to
1: cook, and uh, <laughs> I like to cook things that have never been, you know, I like trying things and getting them to that point where I know, okay, this is what it is. And uh, last evening, my daughter had a friend of hers over, so I cooked up a batch of jambalaya, and uh, she had three servings of it. So um, I like cooking, Yum. and I <clears throat> and I like listening to all genres of music. Uh, Absolutely. it's It's, it's so invigorating to, I just can do that for days, you know, just listening and, and absorbing.
2: Um, love it. Mm-hmm. And, you, and you being a cook, we will be friends for a very long time. <laughs> Good. <laughs>
1: I like that. We're building bridges. We're building bridges. Exactly.
2: Building, building bridges through our bellies. Oh, um, I love
3: it.
2: <laughs> okay, so what is, which of the following would you choose? The best sex of your life? The best meal of your life, or the best sleep of your life?
1: Can I have all three of them?
2: Mm, everybody asks that. <laughs> um, choose one. Don't get greedy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay. Now, the the best sex of my life, the best meal, meal of my life, and the best sleep. Best. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> probably <laughs> would go with the first one. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: that
1: wasn't fair, right?
2: It's a good question. It's a but then good life
1: question. is not fair, right?
2: Well, no, it's, it's not. It,
1: it is what it is until we change it and rearrange it, and then we can make it what we want it to be. But it's not fair.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so which is the which? What is your favorite movie genre? Comedy, romance, horror, mm, action. Sci-fi, I like.
1: I like suspense movies. suspense. Cool. And I also I also like movies that um uh, that that show the involvement of cultures and um just different genres and all these things coming together to try to see how we can problem solve some of the complications of the world. So I I like movies that is the, deal with is that
2: after. is that is that a genre? So you're saying like spiritual entertainment?
1: Yeah, that would be more spiritual, I would, I would say. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely. we got
2: definitely. one for spiritual entertainment.
1: <laughs> oh, we yeah. got to have at least one or two for that. That's the cornerstone <laughs> of the journey. you got to have that. Exactly. No,
2: that, that's why I'm here. I love um, it. Exactly. So with food, do you prefer sweet or salty?
1: I, I sort of like something in the middle. I'm not really an overly sweet or an overly salty type person. I kind of... Mm. I like to kind like of the delicate, best of both but, worlds. Right, I kind of like to create like it a Like chocolate covered
2: pretzels, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! What do you consider your most beautiful feature?
1: My voice.
3: Mhm.
2: Yeah. Fabulous. It's that is probably my least beautiful feature on me, but I'm <laughs> But it's it's. A, <laughs>
1: It's it's in, I think, how we, uh, you know, but I think my voice, and I, I, I didn't feel this way for a while, but I, people have said, and, and, and I notice when I'm talking, it's just, it's something that comes, and, and, and I'm going, you know, I have to listen to what they're saying to me, so yeah, my voice.
2: Nice. I like nice. to smile, too. <laughs> yeah and, and when people see your picture you just do you just even when you're not smiling you just you beam and you you know you are always smiling thank you even when even when your your mouth is closed so <laughs> it's just it's a gift and you have a gift um okay so what is the best advice that your mama of 11 ever gave you to did she even have time to talk to you she, oh yeah. <laughs>
1: she, <laughs> she said to always tell the truth, ever how painful it may seem at the time you're doing it, because once you tell the truth, then that, that takes care of it. But if you lie, you have to keep lying, and lies just compile and, and becomes bigger lies to the point that you start believing them, and then they become your truth. So tell the truth.
2: That's that's interesting because mm-hmm. when I had my dad on the show, I asked mm-hmm. him like what his what advice his dad gave him, and that was pretty much on on mm-hmm. the same the same thing. Right. Um. Right. So that's that's interesting. Um. Okay. I think that pretty much wraps it up. I mean, how was it? Just I just gotta tap into the the being one of eleven before we go. I mean, well,
1: how, it was it was one of the things that led me to cook because <laughs> my mom yeah, had this yeah. little thing she would cook every day. And I said, no, I don't like that. So I started, you know, doing my own little experimentation and stuff and, and, and cooking my own little meal and stuff. So it, th- it led to that part of my being uh, uh, sort of independent. Um, it also led to me learning to find some sort of a job after school early on because my father really couldn't afford an allowance for it. So I kind of, you know, found a little after-school job um, to do something, to make, a you know, a few pennies um and it um there were moments when of course being part of a huge family you know it was great because we we would sit around the christmas tree and we would do things and we had we had two tables in our in our kitchen we had a table for the little kids <laughs> we had a table for the big kids and i was really glad when i became one of, you know the big one of the big kids right we
2: all we we all we all can't wait to get out of get off right. the big table onto the adult table right and like looking back, it's like now I see my kids at the kids table.' It's like
1: I want to be back at the kids table <laughs> exactly
2: but but did you have did you have time to be a child? I yes. mean it sounded like you you, know, you, you had to grow up pretty quickly,
1: I did, but there were moments when because there were four in front of me who had to have two and uh I sort of grew up on a farm so I would go and uh and look at the birds and the rabbits and the squirrels and all those little things and even ran into a little rattlesnake one day and decided I don't want to play with this guy so um but there were there were times when I could steal away and then we had a a little place that we could go and swim that uh, had a little little pond there that you know my father found out we were going down there trying to swim and didn't know how so he said okay so he came down, and he, he sat there. He literally threw me in the pool. He said, now, you you do something until you learn how to swim. Otherwise, you don't, you're don't you not coming back down here. So mm-hmm. I finally learned how to swim, you know. <laughs> but um, there swim. was a moment, you know. Um, and I used to love to, uh, to make my own little garden. You know, I had my own little garden. I would grow my little peas and greens and stuff like that. And that would be my own garden. Of course, I had the other garden I had to work with my dad on, but... I had my own little garden because I I had my own little likes for my different foods. So that was part of, you know.
2: That's incredible. Well, I think you—you, you, I mean, you have had an incredible journey. Just your upbringing alone is pretty incredible, but let alone the, the steps that you have taken and the people that you have met along the way, the times that you that you lived in, the adversity that you've seen and experienced, and how you've been able to really um, to. Own that and rise above it to being a symbol and a poetic inspirator of of joy and love, and of um, of of forgiveness and a bridge. So thank you again, thank, thank, thank you yours, again, yours. L.J. for thank for being with us on Mama's Pearls. I I really have. have most very much enjoyed this hour and um and i look forward to having you back on and to getting to know and to growing with you
1: thank you so much cynthia it's been it's been it's been so such a short period i I was hoping we had another four or five hours but I, (laughs) (laughs) i know i know we we have to bring this to some sort of a conclusion but not an end but just a conclusion But if I may, uh, about life, I believe life is about here and now. It's not about then and when or what could have been. It's about here and now and being in the moment. And if you want to go and you want to grow, then you have to get into a here and now in the moment mode. Um, And you borrow from your past to help complement and add foundation to your present. But it's about here and now and learning from what we did but also knowing that the best of your life should that the the rest of your life should be the best of your life. So it's uh, it's been a joy. It really has been great to speak to you and to listen to you and Melissa, and to your world, uh, all the world of the beautiful people who are tuned in and locked on to to Mama's Pearl. Ah,
2: oh, thank you so much. I, I'm. I am going to leave it with that because I think you wrapped it up so much more poetically than I do. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening to Mammoth
1: Pearl. (laughs) (laughs) Now you're going to smiley smile, right?
2: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Now we're we're going to phase out with, with your smiley smiley. And thank you again. And thank you, everybody. Um, for tuning to our to, to the show And um, You know I am going to remind everybody To enjoy your children Enjoy your family Say I love you Remember to do what you love And you will always find That you are beating And dancing to the tune Of just the right drummer So thank you again LJ Everyone we will see you And speak to you next week Be sure to check MGMs Gems on Friday And here is the full song of smiley smile. Thanks so much, LJ. Enjoy your day. You too. Bye. It's
3: smiley smile time. What's a smiley smile? What's a smiley smile? Well, it starts down in your toes, and it grows and grows.